part two of the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. It is starting up right now. It is week. What week is this? Nine? Week My. nine. Part My duh. Lord. My lord. I will never say it, Michael. I won't say it. Part two starts now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. I'm going to get you to say it one day, Tim. Ah, I mark my words. What What exactly is that? You know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to say it. A uh, duh. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. So if you already, if you missed it. What go a, to what our, a dad joke. <laughs> go to our number, uh, our number, I was going to say number one. What the hell am I talking about? We our are number first, one. Our first episode of the week where we go over some COVID players and how that's going to affect the fantasy season. So make sure you check that out. Uh, we do drop part uh, two parts, which is obviously why this is called part two. So let's get right into the games here because we do have eight games to cover in this slate. The Texans at the Jaguars is the first game. The Jaguars' pass defense has been absolutely atrocious. Will Fuller, who was rumored to be going to Green Bay, is still a Houston Texan on his contract year. I expect a big game out of him. I expect a big game out of Deshaun Watson. I could see Brandon Cooks having a big game. Both of these guys were top 24 wide receivers the last time they faced the Jaguars. And they should have the ball a lot because the Jaguars are are starting a guy that no one's ever heard of whose name starts with gluten. I mean, rhymes with gluten. Uh, his name is Luton. So, uh, I mean, I just like the Texans overall in this game. It's not many times you're going you're gonna to look at the Texans and say, wow, they have a really distinct advantage in this one. This is one of those times. Yeah. Um, fire up Deshaun Watson. Fire up Will Fuller. Do, can you believe that the Packers legitimately, like, didn't want to give up more than a fourth-round pick for Will Fuller. It's crazy because if let's say they give up a second-round pick, which the Patriots gave up for for Mohamed Sanu, which is the rumored um, price that uh, they wanted to pay. The I mean, they wanted the Packers to pay. Let's say let's say Will Fuller signs an extension with them. Then you have a young wide receiver locked up for years. Good, good using a second-round pick. And then on the flip side, though. If what if Will Fuller walks, they can get as much as a third round com- compensatory pick for him. So what are you really losing? I don't understand That's it. A good question. But, yeah, know, what, you're what? firing him up happily. Um, with that being said, so Brandon yeah. Cooks too, man. I like Brandon Cooks too. Brandon Cooks, I agree. I have him as um my wide receiver 18 this week because is there a chance one of them disappoints? Sure, but there's also a chance they both have big games and Deshaun Watson has a big game. Like let's not forget. Prior to the bye week, Brandon Cooks went 7 for 60 against Green Bay, kind of coming back to earth, but, I mean, like, 10 fantasy points is not going to kill you. Prior to that, he was the wide receiver 3 and wide receiver 7. Like, he was really blossoming in this offense. Even Randall Cobb has set himself a nice little floor in PPR league, so I'm all over that passing offense. And then you get to the running back, David Johnson, the older version of David Montgomery, where... (laughs) You're starting him because he's going to get a lot of volume and he has a good matchup against Jacksonville, yada, yada, yada. But it's like, congrats. You're going to get like 12 points from David Johnson, period. I just, I can't stand the guy. What about Duke Johnson? Any consideration? No, there's nothing, nothing going on with Duke Johnson anymore at this point. So let's go over to the to the Jaguars. What we do know is that Doug Marone thinks that this guy, Luton, is the best thing since sliced bread. Get it? Gluten. Ha, 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 ha. Um, they oh, say they're Timmy, gonna, you're so funny, Timmy. They say they're going to throw downfield more. Um, okay. Uh, it's hard to understand what this means for the team because you got a guy in DJ Chark who you spent a high draft capital on that has not been as good as advertised. He's been sucky, in fact. And then you got Keelan Cole who was building a rapport with uh, Gardner Minshew. You don't know if that sticks. You got... Uh, LaVisca Chenault, who is a gadget player and whose role is never guaranteed. It's hard to trust. Uh, Tyler Eifert is, you know, up and down. It's hard to trust any of these pass-catching options in this game. Yeah. Man, it's it's ugly out here this week. Like, I, I feel like I'm saying a lot like, damn, I don't like this team in this situation. Yeah, this is a tough a tough one here. Um, 
I don't blame you for not really liking anyone that much in this situation. How could you when we have no idea what this quarterback play is going to be like? So this is about as big a wild card as you'll get here um, with Jake Luton coming in at QB. You're likely to start DJ Chark if you roster him. Um, He's really the only receiver of the bunch I'd like to start. LaVisca Chanel is an interesting flex play in my opinion because maybe he has some sort of rapport with uh, Jake Luton early on and they just build off that. We don't really know who Jake Luton is going to cling on to as a pass catching option. But anyone who says they have any idea how this passing game is going to play out this week is just lying to you because we've never seen Jake Luton on the damn field before. So it's really going to be a learning experience for everyone, which makes me a little concerned about James Robinson, too. Like, I understand that it's Houston, who's terrible against the run. I understand that James Robinson has been great this season. It's Houston, man. But are we not a little scared that Houston's just going to stack the box entirely? No, not scared. I I have no confidence that Houston, even if they stack the box, could stop the run. Fair enough. I mean, I... I still think James Robinson's a RB1. I'm just sharing a little bit of concern here because, uh, I mean, maybe they, just maybe they, if they are able to stop James Robinson and force Jake Luton to pass. I mean, if that was the if I was that was if I was the Texans, that's what I'd be doing over my bye week. They've allowed the running back the second most running back yards in the league. And the second most touchdowns in the league. They've allowed nine running back touchdowns. That's over one a game, obviously. Ten um, total, one through the air as well. And one through the air. So ten total running back touchdowns. Um, yeah, miss me with that bullshit. I'm trying to start James Robinson. Because James Robinson's gonna get the ball thirty times, period. And yeah, they're giving up hundred and fifty yards on the ground. That's hilarious. Yeah. It's I mean, I have him as my RB six. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to be devil's advocate here. Uh, Michael. Michael. Uh, let's go on to our next game, the Lions at the Vikings. This one on the Lions side is going to be complicated because Matt Stafford's either going to play or he's not. And if Matt Stafford doesn't play, it's going to be, oof, bad news. Yeah, Kenny I don't Galladay, think he's playing. He literally has COVID. I don't, I don't think there's any chance he plays. So like we went over in the first, uh, in the first one, uh, go check out the first one if you haven't yet. Um, we went over the fact that he tested positive for COVID but he is going to be taking tests again. And if it was a false negative, I mean a false positive, then he will be able to play. This is also a player that has faced this before and came back and it ended up being a false positive and he ended up playing right away. So um, that is something to keep in mind. I don't know what that really has to do with this time, but uh, you got Chase Daniel uh, as the backup, someone who's at least been in games before. Uh, but you don't have Kenny Galladay either. Kenny Galladay might just be out this week or he might be out four weeks. Right now, it's it's up in the air of how long he's going to be out. Uh, this is a juicy matchup against a Vikings defense who's been very susceptible through the air. But I don't know if there's people who could take advantage of that uh, for the Lions. How do you feel about them uh, if Matt Stafford actually does not play, which is his status right now? And I just want to, just before we get Michael's thoughts, I just want to let you know again, Follow us on Twitter at Broto Fantasy. Again, on Twitter, it's at B-R-O-T-O Fantasy. And that's where we can interact with the fans. That's where you could talk to us. We never miss a tweet. We always tweet back. Um, I say we, but it's really Michael and Jason who are really on the Twitter, the grind. I'm sometimes on Twitter. I'm, I'm not very good at social media. I need to get a little better at it. But, um, yeah, the Twins are all over it. The Twins are ob- always answering questions. Or they're always um, They're always answering people's advice. Go check us out. That's where you get our updates. But um, right now we're going to preview this as if Matt Stafford is not playing. So, Michael, how do you feel about these Lions? Yeah, um, even with Stafford at QB, Marvin Jones was 45th in true target value. And the response to that is, well, Kenny Galladay is out, bro. I know. Kenny Galladay was also 29th in true target value. So still not great. And guess what? Chase Daniel, the career backup, the million, $100 million. How much money has this dude Made as a backup in his career, close to like $100 million or some shit, right? He just keeps getting paid OD money as a backup who never plays. What a life Chase Daniel has. Sign me up for that. Anyways, anywho, yeah, I don't see how you could trust anyone, even in this great matchup against Minnesota, 
you really want to trust Marvin Jones, who outside of the last two weeks has not been able to really put much together at all. And then Chase Daniels at QV. Like, not to repeat myself over and over, but how could you really trust anyone outside of, like, a flex position? Because like, they're playing the Vikings, so if you're going to chase... You're clearly not going to start Danny Amendola or, like, Marvin Hall. So, if I mean, if you're going to chase anyone sure, it's Marvin Jones, and he's likely to see work. But let's see how this goes with Chase Daniel and company, because, I don't know, Marvin Jones is a flex play for me at best. We'll We'll see how it goes. Last time these two pl- these two teams played, Cephas had a big game. Do you think that he has a possibility to be- have a big game right now? Quintez Cephas. I mean, he's been a healthy scratch of late. So, yeah, I'm not. He just got a lot of targets last time because Galladay was out, but he's kind of lost his role in that offense. So, about this running game, looks like it's DeAndre Swift's backfield. Um, it maybe not yet in terms of the snaps, but yet very much so in terms of how they're being used on the field and how they're being um, deployed. I, I like DeAndre Swift in this game. I think that he's gonna it's, it's gonna be him and a guy we're gonna talk about later, TJ Hawkinson, that's gonna be good this week. Yeah, um DeAndre Swift saw sixty two percent of snaps prior to the bye, by far his season high, even though he did not have a very good game against Indianapolis overall and didn't really get that many touches. It was his most time spent on the field. And prior to that he was a top fifteen running back two weeks in a row and in a game where Chase Daniel is at QB I think they're really going to want to get DeAndre Swift involved as much as they can. So I think DeAndre Swift is a strong RB2 option this week. 26 in DVOA against the tight end. I love me some TJ Hawkinson this week. I I was so excited for TJ Hawkinson this week before Matt Stafford got hurt. I still like him. You know my you know my theory about backup quarterbacks. Yeah. Backup backup quarterbacks love the tight end. They love the short passes, they love the intermediate guys, and they like backup uh, they like backup wide receivers, and they also like throwing the the like checkdowns. So I like, I like the I like DeAndre Swift for that reason. I like T.J. Hawkinson for that reason. Yeah, I mean, if you have T.J. Hawkinson, this guy has been super consistent all season long. Like he's getting you sixty plus yards or a touchdown every single week. Period. Count on it. Hopefully that continues this week with Chase Daniel. As you said, you. Always bring that up, how you love the uh, the backup quarterback, the tight end connection. So we'll see. Uh, anyone else you want to talk about in this game? Irv Smith? Oh, no, we didn't do the Vikings yet. <laughs> uh, on, the, on the line side? Uh, Tim, Tim, Tim. Tim, 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 It just passed 11 o'clock in the East Coast. It's past, it's past my bedtime. I'm an, old, I'm an old man now. You are an old man. Um, uh, I'm not starting AP. They, they may try to get him involved, maybe 10-plus rushes with super touchdown dependent. I guess you could do worse at flex in like a deep league but very touchdown dependent let's go over to the viking side um last week we saw something very strange we saw jair alexander not shadow um adam thielen we actually saw him shadow josh jefferson uh justin jefferson excuse me which resulted in justin jefferson having a worse game than you expected um how do you expect the Lions to approach this, and how do you feel about these pass catching options? <laughs> Last week was hilarious by Minnesota because Dalvin Cook was literally the entire offense. Kirk Cousins dropped back to pass 14 times. 14 pass attempts for Kirk Cousins in an entire football game. Three of them were to Kirk uh, to Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook got the vast majority of rush attempts. He handled 62.5% of the Minnesota Vikings plays. That is like Michael Jordan level type shit. That, that's ridiculous. That's what always scares me about this passing game and Kirk Cousins, and that's why I was fading Adam Thielen going into this season. Um, some games I've looked very dumb for doing that. Some games I've looked very smart for doing that. And last week was one of those weeks where it was like, geez Louise, I have a Minnesota wide receiver again. And there's always a chance that happens, unfortunately. And in a game against Detroit, where they're terrible against the run, and Minnesota just beat Green Bay. Like, maybe they're, t- they're trying to turn their season around here. There's always a chance that that happens again. On the flip side, if Detroit isn't getting blown out by Minnesota, 
and they're staying in the game and they have to pass the ball, guess what? The Lions don't have a strong secondary either. No one's keeping up with Adam Thielen. No one's keeping up with Justin Jefferson. I think they both have super high upside and super low floors in this game. It's it's They're both exciting yet scary options to me here. I can't really put my thumb on what's going to go go on here. I could see them both going over 100 yards. I could see them both staying under like 30 yards, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, let's uh, Justin Jefferson as well, just, just putting that out there. The Lions have given up 26 plays of over 20 yards this season. Uh, that is tied for one, two, three, fourth, and fourth worst in the league. So definitely susceptible through the air. That plays well for Justin Jefferson. We've went over how efficient he's been uh, through the air. Let's go over. I mean, Dalvin Cook. Yo, Dalvin Cook and Devontae Adams last week scored every touchdown for their teams. Yeah. It was literally Devontae, Devontae Adams versus Dalvin Cook. It was quite the quite the show by two absolute superstars. And I wonder how I many mean, players out there have them both on their roster. Oh, it, that would have been something else. Yeah. Um, what about uh what about Kirk Cousins? You're not starting him against the Lions. Yeah. Um, pro- especially not because this is probably. I do want to a- say, though, Irv Smith, one target. Obviously, everyone was like, great, Irv Smith again. He sucked. Kirk Cousins threw 14 passes. I have to repeat that again 14. That's like one quarter for Patrick Mahomes. Like, that's not a lot of passes. And Irv Smith was very active running routes. His route participation was over 80% on the snaps that he was in. So still not giving up hope on Irv Smith. If he was dropped, he's an interesting guy to pick up. Anyone else in this game? No, sir. Let's go over to the Seahawks at the Bills. The Bills have kind of been getting exposed recently as a team that's not necessarily as good as the people who were clouding them up in the beginning of the year after a week schedule would like you to believe they get a major test here uh, with the Seahawks let's start with the Bills Josh Allen started the year off looking like an MVP candidate definitely not in that boat but played better last week how do you feel about him against a very susceptible defense but with Jamal Williams coming back Jamal Adams Tim or even Jets fans you can't even get Jamal Adams right because fuck Jamal Adams you motherfucker Dude, Josh well, Allen, Adams, bro. there were so many victory laps about Josh Allen after his great start to the season, but now back-to-back weeks with true vo- true uh, throw values under .3, and .3 is not good. To put that in context, .3 would be 37th of all QBs. That's what Josh Allen has been working with of late. If you want to go back over the past four weeks, he's topped out at .440, would be 29th across the league. So the efficiency has dropped off a cliff, and so has John Brown's fantasy value. Even Stephon Diggs has not had the monster performances that you expected um, from him after the hot start to the season. And now they get Seattle. Will Josh Allen be able to turn it around? Stephon Diggs has not had a game inside the top 16 since week two. Yet he's always ranked as a wide receiver one in fantasy rankings. This is why you got to check out rotofantasy.com. But guess what, folks? Now's the time for Stefan Diggs to actually explode here. I have him at my wide receiver 11. Still a little bit, a little bit scared with the way Josh Allen's been going. Like he really has not been efficient at all. But Seattle is another level bad. Like next level bad. John Brown, there's, holy moly, has John Brown been bad too. Like, if you want to stick him in your flex, if you're hurting, you want that high ceiling type option. He came back, he played 80% of the snaps, but now, like, he didn't practice again today. He's been dealing with injuries. He hasn't put up more than uh, four catches or more than 42 yards since week two. I don't see how you could start John Brown and then... My man, Cole Beasley, your man, the bees knees. Strong wide receiver, too, I think. Mm, yeah. Two. Wide receiver, too. Against Seattle, John Brown has not been a part of the offense because he's been banged up and just has not been the same. Cole Beasley sees targets after targets after targets. 
why wouldn't Cole Beasley have a strong game against Seattle? That's how I feel about it. True. Seattle has been a a pretty good uh, in that nickel uh, package. But they've been so bad overall against a wide receiver, and Cole Beasley continues to have games, good games in matchups where you think he's supposed to be bad. Like, they've given up (laughs) 270 yards a game to opposing wide receivers. Not to opposing quarterback passing yards. Just opposing cor- uh, just opposing wide receivers have tallied up 270 yards a game against them. Hot damn. That's absolutely absurd. 11 touchdowns in seven games. I'm all about the Diggs and Beasley and Allen stack this week. If Allen Ooh. plays bad again this week, man, it's it's going to be highly concerning. Uh, let's go over to the – oh, let's talk about the, the running backs. Zach Moss is on his way to taking over that job is my prediction. Yeah, I like Zach Moss this week. Um, for this I, game, for this game, it's it's fifty fifty split still, and I prefer Zach Moss over Singletary. I think Zach Moss is a solid RB two this week against Seattle. Man, I know Seattle has been strong against the run, but Zach Moss has really stepped up of late these last two weeks. Is pushing Devin Singletary as well, um, and he's that goal line guy. Uh, Seattle's going to put up points. Period. That's what they do. It's Russell Wilson. Will Zach Moss be able to find the end zone is a big question, and that does affect his fantasy value a lot. But he has a good shot at finding the end zone, I think, this week, and he gets work otherwise. He's also He also saw um, three targets last week. He gets involved in the passing game. Not three targets last week. I'm sorry. Three targets the week prior. Last week, the Bills offense um, struggled and kept the ball on the ground a lot, so there was not a lot to go around for the running backs, but... I prefer Zach Moss to Devin Singletary this week, um, same as you. But I do think Singletary at least has some flex appeal as well. But with Zach Moss back, man, Singletary is just not not any way exciting, really. Like, there's no way for him to get into that top 20 unless he, like, breaks out a super long run, which I don't foresee happening. Let's go to the Hawks side. This one's pretty simple. Start. Russell Wilson, because you always do. The Seahawks are surprisingly 31st, a.k.a. second to dead last in the league in guarding the number one wide receiver. Um, So expect a big game out of DK. Expect a big game out of Tyler Lockett. Expect if... Wait, you said the Seahawks are 31st against the number one wide receiver. Sorry, I meant the uh, the Bills. My my apologies. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct, yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, Tredavious White in has DVOA. missed time. In DVOA. Right. Interesting. So they've been struggling as number one wide receiver, so I'm firing up DK Metcalf in this in this matchup. I'm also firing up Tyler Lockett, as usual. I'm, fi- I'm firing up um, Russell Wilson. And then if Chris Carson plays, I'm going to fire him up. If he doesn't, then it looks like DJ Dallas I'm going to fire up. And it's, it's, very, it's very much pretty simple with the Seahawks. Their offense is so potent that you're going to – you're going to start every single person that you can on that team. I even wouldn't be mad at, you know, maybe a little David Moore, um, a little David Ooh. Moore action. You You're know, getting people. crazy. You're getting a little crazy, huh? Yeah. A little crazy, crazy with the David Moore action. You want more. In a, in a deep league. I mean, we're talking about the Seahawks, though. Similar to the Chiefs, you start the same guys every week. Like, you start Lockett, you start Metcalf, you start Carson if he's active. DJ Dallas is interesting because... He was a top 10 option last week, but he was super inefficient. Like, it was all touchdowns that really buoyed him. You can't expect him to just keep finding the end zone. But if Carson is out, obviously DJ Dallas becomes playable because the Seattle offense is an offense you want every bit of. Um. All right. Is Outside of the tight end, because Disley, Olsen, and Hollister are like the cheaper version of Burton, Doyle, and Allie Cox. Okay. Um, with that being said, let's move on to our next game. The Raiders at the Charger. In the Raiders. Gosh. This one's for Jason. The... It's terrible. Uh, the, an AFC best matchup, the Raiders at the Chargers. Um, let's start on the Chargers side. Justin Herbert has been absolutely phenomenal uh, so far this year. Does he continue it against the Raiders? Very easy, very easy question to start it off. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Right on a silver platter. 
There is no reason for me to believe that it will not continue into Las Vegas. And yes, you might say, yo, Las Vegas played well against uh, the Browns last week in Baker Mayfield. Well, there was like a fucking monsoon or some shit. Like that weather was ridiculous and both offenses could not get anything going through the air. Justin Herbert has been next level. Him and Deshaun Watson are the only quarterbacks ever to have three or more passing touchdowns in four straight games. Like, Justin Herbert could legitimately break a record in his first, second, three, four, five, six, in his seventh game in NFL history of three or more passing touchdowns in a row. That's how good Justin Herbert has been to start his career. Has been a top seven option four straight weeks. Need I go on? Start Justin Herbert. Uh, yeah, it's pretty simple in that one. Also, you're going to want to start Keenan Allen. Uh, he's been great. And after last week, you got to ask yourself, is Mike Williams in the startable situation, especially because Las Vegas has been really bad against the number one wide receiver? You know what? They've been, they've been bad against the number two wide receiver. They've been bad against wide receivers. You know what I'm, uh, I'm about to proclaim here, Tim, is that we've said that Justin Herbert is a pass-funnel guy. He's thrown to Keenan Allen, the running backs, Hunter Henry, period. Last week, that changed to Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, the running backs. I think that becomes the new thing. I think Hunter Henry becomes the odd man out because he just continues to play a ridiculous amount of snaps with a ridiculously efficient quarterback and be ridiculously underwhelming. If I were to tell you this, you probably would not believe it, but Hunter Henry has one top 10 finish this season and it was number 10. Wow. That he just has not been good. Like, over, like, he's been decent, but he's not a must-start option by any means. Like, the guy's 324 yards and a touchdown through seven games. Is that supposed to excite me? No. And he just keeps being ranked as, like, a top-eight guy. I think this week I'm willing to get... I'm willing to get stung by the Mike Williams bug again here. Because if he goes one catch, nine yards, and it, and I'm wrong about this... So be it. I'm willing to take the plunge because Las Vegas is a good, a very good matchup. Keenan Allen is clearly the main guy there, but Mike Williams just, every single catch he makes, it looks like he's catching it one-handed or jumping over three defenders. It's a little ridiculous. He just makes highlight reel catch over and over. I'm starting him. I'm starting Keenan Allen. I have Hunter Henry as my tight end 14. I'm not super interested in Hunter Henry this week. Uh, I can see that happening. I don't think that's a crazy thing to say, uh, especially against the Raiders. Um, this backfield is another place that we just don't know what's going on. We saw Pope get some work last week, and then we saw Justin Jackson really separate himself in the battle between Justin Jackson and Kelly. Do you think this is Justin Jackson's backfield now until Eckler gets back? I don't want to be wrong about the um, Charters backfield again because we, we like to admit our mistakes as well. I was on the Josh Kelly bandwagon, and I spent decent fab in a few leagues to get him once um, Once it seemed like he was going to be the main guy there, and that just clearly hasn't been the case. But I'm diving headfirst into the Justin Jackson train. I'm drinking the Justin Jackson juice. I have him as my RB11 this week. Las Vegas has been a joke. He saw 20 touches last week against Denver, was a top 10 running back in against a team that has been very good against running backs this year. He saw 47% of the snaps. Pope saw 29%. Kelly saw 24%. Clearly, Josh Kelly is falling out of favor. Tremaine Pope played well when given the shot as well. I think Justin Jackson is really just going to continue to be the guy this week and in a tremendous matchup. I like him a lot. Uh, Let's continue with... uh, Is that it for the Chargers? You want to talk about... Anyone else? Uh, that's about it for the Chargers. I'm not starting Josh Kelly or Pope uh, or Pope after last week. Jalen Guyton is the uh, dart throw of dart throws because he, he'll randomly catch a 75-yard touchdown. Uh, the Chargers defense has not been nearly as good as they once were um, in general, particularly against the tight end. They are 29th, and they are facing a team that loves to go to their tight end in Darren Waller. I think Dan L- Darren Waller has a big game at this point. This game for Darren Waller is a uh, juicy AF, as the cool kids would say. 
you got to start Darren Waller. Period. He's been a uh, he's been the number one option for Derek Carr, and just put last week in your rearview mirror. That's what I'm doing with the entire um, Raven, excuse me, Raiders passing attack. I'm diving back into the uh, the Aguilar pool as well. He burned everyone badly last week who played him, but the weather, like. Nothing was happening in that passing game, and the Chargers have been beatable a bit through the air. Derek Carr continues to be super efficient when targeting um, Nelson Aguilar. Prior to last week, he was a top 30 receiver three weeks in a row. I'm kind of buying into Nelson Aguilar again this week. Um, Someone that's hard to buy into lately has been Josh Jacobs. Do you think he turns it around against the Chargers? It's a good matchup here for Josh Jacobs. He did just rush for over 100 yards, so it's it's a little crazy to be too upset about it, but you expect more out of the damn guy, especially if he's going to get 31 touches. You expect more than 13 fantasy points. It's just it's been very upper it's been a very up or down season for Josh Jacobs. This is a week against the Chargers where you could see where I could see a big game happening you just you kind of have to hope that he finds the end zone because that's that's how it's been for josh jacobs this year um anyone else on this team you'd like to talk about maybe henry ruggs uh did you talk about did you talk about henry ruggs already no um henry ruggs is a big play waiting to happen that's just the uh the problem as well though waiting to happen you could be waiting past this week as well i don't hate him as a flex option um they just got rid of Desmond King as well, who is operating in the slot for them, which uh, where Henry Ruggs comes out of most of the time, but he's very, very boomer bust. Before we get to the final quadrant of games, we have to tell you about our sponsors, the official championship belt of Brodo Fantasy and the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast is PartyBelts.com. Now, party belts may sound like something that's like for bachelor parties. Well, that's exactly how they started their business. They want they got that belts for bachelor parties, and then they started realizing that they made some high-quality, dope championship belts, and they're completely customizable, and it kind of lended itself towards fantasy football. Uh, the way that we got in contact with this company is that we were actually looking for championship belts for to give our patrons in the patron leagues, and we ended up buying them. And Jason and him ended up uh, getting a conversation, the guy who runs it. And now we're in a group chat. We talk almost every day, and he's a cool dude. And um, we are promoting his product, and he's promoting our product just because we fuck with each other and fuck with each other's products. And th- you're you're not going to really see that out here uh, much. So this is just like a, a legit, we like this product, and we think that you'd like it as well. And you can use a promo code and benefit us and benefit yourself at the same time. 15% off if you use the code b-r-o-t-o at checkout also thrive fantasy.com or or, on the app or the thrive fantasy app it is the newest way to play daily fantasy it is prop betting at its finest you create a lineup of prop bets and you see if you have what it takes to pick the overs and the unders right now if you are a new user you can use the code broto20 that's b-r-o-t-o two zero that's b-r-o-t-o Two zero, and you will be able to, if you deposit anything over twenty dollars up to fifty dollars, get a free deposit match in your account. So if you put in twenty dollars, you get forty in your account. If you put in fifty dollars, you get a hundred in your account. So make sure that you are doing that because uh, it's free money. Who doesn't want free money, right? Am I right? Who don't want uh, free money, y'all? Remember, you got to use the promo code Broto twenty. That's B R O T O twenty. Uh, to do that, you don't want to put Brodo because Brodo was our promotion code with them last year, and you only get ten percent off. Um, you only know you only get a match of ten dollars with that promo code. You don't want to do that. You want a fifty dollar match. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Um, let's move on to our last four games. We're going to start with an interesting matchup here: the Dolphins at the Cardinals. Uh, two quarterbacks that seem to be carbon copies of one another uh, on the field in terms of their scouting reports, their size, um, and really everything. They kind of even look like Kyler Murray and Tua Tagovailoa. Um, Tua threw a touchdown, was in a game script where their defense kind of took over the game, so he didn't have to do much. Uh, how do you feel about Tua um, 
and his weapons in this one. Dude, I don't know. Like, there was, like, like Roto World blurb and shit. Like, shitting on Tua for the game he had as if he had to, like, have a crazy game against the Rams. The dude was up by, like, two touchdowns by his by the time he touched the ball for, like, the third time. What's so, cool with the Rams, by the way? That team is so confusing. Yeah, so strange. But now we got Tua Tagovailoa, no Miles Gaskin. Matt Breida missed practice on Wednesday, but it might just be a rest day because there's nothing about him being injured. So we expect Matt Breida to be the main bene- uh, beneficiary of Gaskin missing time now. That came out of nowhere as well, unfortunately. Um, Gaskin was one of those guys who you got for free or not for too much fab, and he ended up being a very solid contributor to your team, but so be it. That's the way the 2020 fantasy season goes. You put in your sleeper bust articles last week, bust all uh, Dolphins, like wait it out and see. You you nailed it. Like they all sucked basically because of the... uh, I mean, because they were up by so much, but I mean, Gaskin <laughs> got a, still Gaskin ended up working. Got a touchdown. Yeah, Gaskin got a touchdown, and uh, what's his name got a touchdown? Um, Devontae Parker. But besides yeah. that, it was Bust City. And with that being said, I don't see how we could really look at last week's game as anything to tell you how it's going to be moving forward. That's a little bit of a problem for me because it's hard to predict how this offense is going to operate. Um I do think right now it's worse than it was with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. Fitzpatrick was having a great year and was uh, slinging the ball around. I think Devontae Parker is a wide receiver three. Preston Williams more of a lower on the flex play. I've never been a big Preston Williams guy, but he is playing more, and he saw the most snaps of the team last time they were out there. So he might garner some. Um, appeal here against the Cardinals who like to run a fast-paced offense and who put up points so Miami might need to uh, keep up with them but it's I kind of want to wait and see a little bit with this offense to see how it goes with Tua actually having because I don't expect this to be another game where Miami defense just completely dominates where Tua actually has to produce offensively Mike Gesicki at tight end here Mike Gesicki yeah, you can't really you can't trust him with the new quarterback until you got to see it first. I feel like, especially in the tight end landscape, uh, you got to see it first before you can make your move. But I guess if you really want to make that move, like uh, knock yourself out, partner. Yeah, I mean, you're uh, talking. Tim was the uh, the number one tight end ranker in the nation last week. That I was. <laughs> Fucks with me, bro. Tim is number one. Number one in the in the entire world. Number one in the view in the, in the entire universe, unless there's an alien in, in Nebula Nine that's a better ranker of the Mike Kosecki, tight end eighteen, <laughs> <laughs> and and a, a robot alien at that. But um, I did real quick. I did bring up Matt Breida in that backfield, but I didn't really discuss his outlook for true. this game. True. If he is healthy, and yesterday was just a rest day, and he's practicing in full tomorrow and everything, and he's good to go, he's certainly gonna be in the RB two flex area. Um, against Arizona in what should be a high-ish scoring game as the uh, the main guy. Jordan yeah. Howard will likely be active again. We assume Matt Breida would be the main guy. That's the problem with Miami. You don't know, maybe Jordan Howard returns and starts playing again. Maybe Patrick Laird mixes in. It does seem like Breida was the backup, though. Okay. Any other people that you want to talk about in the Dolphins? No siree. Isaiah Ford got traded to the Pats. That was interesting. That is interesting. Um, Dolphins. Um, Dolphins, we talked about. Cardinals time. Uh, Kyler Murray. This is a team in the Dolphins that have not given up much points to the quarterback, but it, Kyler Murray is the only quarterback to finish as a top 12 quarterback every week so far this season. He's been fen- phenomenal. Uh, his, ground, uh, his ground floor has been a great thing to have. Um, I don't see any reason why he'd stop being so good against this team. Yeah. Kyler Murray is a set it and forget it fantasy option. He's basically, he's like this year's version of uh, Lamar Jackson. Like he's the guy that you just start every week and you're like, yes, I have Kyler Murray. He just, he runs nonstop, yo. 
Like, he runs OD. He runs for a touchdown, it seems, every single game. And his true throw value is creeping up throughout the season. He was in the basement to start over the first three weeks or so. He's gotten he's a lot up, better at throwing the ball. He's up around, uh, let's see, he's quarterback 22 now. He he started at like 35-ish. So it has been a nice increase for Kyler Murray as well. So I have been, um, I have been in the past talking about Kyler Murray's lack of ability to pass. Let's see if he keeps this up because he has been better. He had that coming out party a couple weeks ago, and now he's coming off the bye. Well, he'll, he'll be doubly prepared for this team. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. I'm ready for it. Bring yeah. it on. Um, DeAndre Hopkins could end as wide receiver one. Like every week, this is not a particularly hard matchup for him as well. Byron Jones has not really been as good as he was last season. Uh, the I think the big thing here is Chase Edmonds. Uh, Miami is 27th in DVOA against the running back out of the backfield. Chase Edmonds, you know he shines catching the ball, so I do think that Chase Edmonds will have an opportunity to be successful in this game. Yeah, uh, Miami has given up over 100 rushing yards per game, um, nearly uh, exactly one rushing touchdown a game, and 46 passing yards to quarterback to running backs out of the backfield each game. So they can be beat on the ground, and Chase Edmonds is stepping into a workhorse role. I mean, I'm sure Eno Benjamin will get some snaps, the uh, sixth-round rookie, but it should be vast majority Chase Edmonds. This is what people who drafted Chase Edmonds have been waiting for. It'll be very disappointing if he does not show up this week against Miami. I don't think that will be the case, though. I think he will show up against Miami and have a... Solid game. I think he's a running back one option this week. Miami's Miami has been shutting down number two receivers. Uh, Saving Howard. Saving Howard is very shutting good. Shutting down number number two receivers, and I think that you, the the rise of Christian Kirk kind of takes a fall here. Um, Christian Kirk is because like we've obviously been very um, very off Christian Kirk. Um, he was super inefficient last season. He started off terrible this year. And then he hits a three-game stretch of the Jets, Dallas, and Seattle. Like, literally one of the best three-game stretches you could possibly find all season. And he puts up uh, top 32 performances in each of them. Yes, it's been nice, but he hasn't put up more than five receptions in any of those games. Like you said, Miami and Xavier Howard and company have been solid against the pass. I'm with you. I am not a huge Christian Kirk guy by any means this week. I do think I understand if you play him at your wide receiver three or flex because Kyler Murray has been improving. Christian Kirk does seem to be really gaining more trust from Kyler Murray, but I am scared that he just comes back to earth after that crazy three-game stretch where he wasn't really getting the volume. He was just being super efficient with it which is just not his game. He's typically very inefficient. Um, we I, I touched on Chase Edmonds very little because he is a pass catcher, and Miami has been bad against the pass catcher out of the backfield. Do you have anything to add about Chase? I mean, I already, I already said he's going to be a oh, right. RB1, yeah. or he should be at least. Word. Let's go over to the next one in the, probably the most lopsided matchup of the week, the Steelers at the Cowboys. It looks like Ben DiNucci or Cooper Rush is going to start. Um, it's funny. Nah, ben DiNucci not starting. It's either Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush. Yeah, yeah that's, I'm sorry about that. So it's funny because I was about to mention they benched DiNucci for Gilbert or Rush and they were talking about, um, oh, we want someone with experience and the experience that those two have are eight passes in the NFL and six passes in the NFL. So, um, really not looking at any experience at quarterback. It's really a shit show for the, for the Cowboys at the moment, especially now, like when they're at their worst, they're going to play the Steelers. Um, we mentioned it last week that they have three wide receivers and you just don't really know which one of them are going to go off. Uh, in the, a matchup like this, you're starting all three of them. You're starting and, and you're very happy about it. You might even start. Ray you're Ray talking about Pittsburgh now, right? All right. Cool. I'm starting Pittsburgh. I thought yeah. you were talking about, yeah. you, you never really transitioned from Dallas oh. to Pittsburgh. I was, cause I was Sorry. like, I was talking about the Cowboys defense. Because the Cowboys offense 
it was basically three receivers. You kind of start them all when Dak Prescott was QB. So I was like, wait a second. What the fuck is Tim saying right now? Yeah, definitely don't start your three. We'll get to that in a second. But start your three Steelers wide receivers. Start your James Conner. Um, I would even stay start Eric Ebron. Start Big Ben. Um, I I expect this to absolutely manhandle and boat race the Cowboys this weekend. Yeah, um, I agree with you in that you kind of just have to start all of them. And the, the funny thing is... Juju saw eight targets last week. Deontay Johnson saw three. Claypool saw nine. Um, that was much different than the previous week uh, where Deontay Johnson has been a target monster. Claypool only saw one target the week before. I was like, let's see how the snap share went. They each played the same exact amount of snaps. So it's like it really is just the uh, the pick between these three. I still like Deontay Johnson the most I found it pretty hilarious Deontay Johnson is lowest of the three in expert consensus ranking I don't see how that makes any sense just because Deontay Johnson had one bad game like as long as he's healthy he's shown that he's been Ben Roethlisberger's favorite target Claypool has huge potential Juju Juju's my least favorite of the three because he's not showing any ceiling he's just compiling receptions for like less than 10 yards of reception and it really has not been great for Juju, so he's my least favorite of the bunch. But I do agree that Eric Ebron is a nice tight end play as well because he has a decent chance of finding the end zone against Dallas. And he played 87% of snaps last week. He's always on the field for that team at this point. Uh, Michael, the numbers uh, back up what you're saying because Dallas has been fucking horrid against uh, number one and number two wide receivers but against the slot they've been good they they rank they're the third best team in the league against the slot um they're they suck against the tight end 31st in the league against the tight end um so yeah you're gonna start all your all your Steelers and it's funny that the Cowboys are playing the Steelers because I feel like the Steelers and the Cowboys there's a lot of parallels between them last year and this year because last year we had all these expectations for the Steelers and then Big Ben goes down and all of a sudden like you're like oh shit Duck Hodges (laughs) <laughs> what yeah, what do I do with my Steelers? And I think that it's the same as Siri is just like Siri just went crazy on me. Um, I think it's the same kind of situation um, this year. It's like, okay, now Dak is down and Andy Dalton is down. What the fuck am I going to do about this? Because, you know, Amari Cooper, all of a sudden his stock plummets. Um, Michael Gallup, his stock is non-existent. Um, CeeDee Lamb, his stock is non-existent. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott has been horrible absolutely horrible and you expect it to be the same you're gonna call me crazy but i think the best play in this game because you have to think it's gonna be a steelers if the steelers don't win this game handily it'll be a surprise yeah uh i i told you guys how much i love the Washington steelers defense. defense oh yeah right I, I told you guys how much i like the washington defense the steelers defense is the number one defense this week no matter 100 without a doubt easily so you expect the steelers to take a big lead which means the the cowboys are probably gonna have to pass the problem is if you're going to put the ball in the hand of an inexperienced quarterback against the Steelers defense in garbage time and they're reading your plays for for a pass, you're going to be in for a, a, a not good game. So I don't even think garbage time is going to be all that successful for the Cowboys. And that's why I think I think Tony, Tony Pollard is a good play in this game. I think that you're going to see the Steelers take a commanding lead. You're going to see the Cowboys kind of eat the breaks off Zeke like they have been when they've been getting blown out. And I think you're going to see a lot of dump-offs to Tony Pollard, and he could compile like 15 fantasy points. Uh, he's been good the last two weeks. Like, he hasn't been startable or anything. But I think this is when it comes to a head. And I, I, I mean, I might be spending way too much time on this, but my dart throws have been hitting lately, and I think Tony Pollard hits this week because I just think this game script is for him. That's uh, that's interesting, Tim. Um. I agree, though, man. It's, well, first, I wanted to go back to the Steelers real quick because you skipped over James Conner. He has a chance to get... Word. He has a chance to have the most rush attempts that he's had all season this week against Dallas, which is a very good thing. So you're starting him happily. But uh, So, yeah, back to Dallas, though. The thing is that Zeke has even lost his role in the passing game since Dak went down. Four targets over the past two weeks is a joke. Zeke has been running like a joke. And the most hilarious part about this offense is Michael Gallup saw 12 targets last week, Tim. That's like that's like shocking. That was shocking to me. 
and he was the wide receiver 37. Like, how many targets are these guys going to need to be viable starting options from Danucci, Rush, Gilbert? I don't know how you play any of these guys at all with any sort of confidence. That goes for Zeke, Coop, Gallup, Lamb, Schultz. I have Zeke outside my top 25 running backs this week. Like I said, yeah. I said last week in the buy or sell column, it was basically a buy. It was basically a sell low column for me because I shit all over Zeke and said sell him as fast as you can before this Philly game. Yeah, and he's gonna. I think he's gonna struggle again. Um, is that it for this game? Sure, seems like it. Not starting Dalton Schultz either. I don't know why people still like have a thing for Dalton Schultz. Yeah, I mean not without that. Not without Dak. Um, Saints at the Buccaneers. This is going to be the this is the Sunday night game. This is a good Sunday night game. Nice. Yeah, fire Sunday uh, night game rematch from yeah. Week One. Yeah, uh, in division. This is going to be a good one. Two Hall of Fame quarterbacks going at it. Um, with that being said, this is a good defense with the Buccaneers. Uh, Michael Thomas is coming back. It looks like. Um, but we thought he was coming back at this time Wednesday. So keep again at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter. Keep we'll keep you updated. If he comes back, it's a big, big, big addition. Yeah, that passing offense is clearly not the same without Michael Thomas. Traquan Smith is a joke, yo. Like, how many opportunities does this guy need to do something and he just never really does anything besides that one game against Detroit where he caught the two touchdowns and he didn't even have like big yardage or reception totals. He just happened to catch two touchdowns. He's on the road. He's not gonna be. He's not gonna be good. And now, and now we're playing. Uh, the Saints are playing against Tampa Bay as well. If Michael Thomas is out. I don't see how you really trust any of these guys like as more than flex plays. Maybe Callaway returns too. The Saints, we're going to have to wait and see um, to get a little more knowledge about the situation there. But yeah, the Buccaneers defense has been good, man. And Michael Thomas, of course, if he returns, you start him. Like A lot of people forget about how good players are when they suffer from injuries. Michael Thomas was the consensus wide receiver one this year, guys. Like... You play him if he returns. Period. Um, I don't care if it's, I don't care what matchup, what the matchup is. Yes, you know we haven't seen him in over a year, so sometimes it's hard to remember how fucking good he is. Yeah. He's, he's he's that good, and they need a, they need that in that offense. I do they, also they want to uh, shout out Jared Cook, who uh, caught a touchdown last week, five receptions, fifty-one yards. Now has a touchdown in his last three games, and four of his last five has Called now been a top eight option in. Each of his last three games is a big part of that red zone offense right now. Um, that may change with Michael Thomas, but it may even open up more space if Michael Thomas returns for Jared Cook. He's not playing all the snaps. like He's not playing a large amount of snaps, but when he's on the field, he's getting involved in the passing game. So against Tampa Bay, if Brady and company are putting up points and uh, Breeze is forced to throw, Jared Cook could be a, a solid tight end option here again. Not for nothing, I did predict two two touchdowns from the Saints last week that I'm pretty proud of. So I'm just giving myself a pat on my back before I move on. I predicted Jared Cook, and then I, I also predicted Taysom Hill. And when you do that, you got to give yourself a little bit of a pass, pat on the back. All Look right, you, Tim. Look um, you. Tampa Bay, the, the their weakness in the past. Tim, game, Tim, Tim. Are, oh, well, you're not getting uh, – you're okay, forget it. Sorry, I no, thought you were going over to Tampa Bay. No, no, no. Their weakness in the passing game is against the tight end. 19th in DVOA against the tight end. Uh, they are number one in the NFL overall against the pass. Um, so 19th, is that's definitely their weakness. So that's where you can exploit them. Expect Jared Cook to do just that. Um, Alvin Kamara, uh, this is not one of those games where you're even considering starting Latavius Murray. Um, okay. Alvin Kamara the last two weeks hasn't scored a touchdown and has scored over 20 points each of those weeks. The last three weeks hasn't scored last, a touchdown, actually. last three weeks. It's, it would be concerning if he just didn't wasn't so damn good without it. This guy was the um, RB3 in half PPR last week without a touchdown. <laughs> it's ridiculous, honestly. It's hilarious. Uh, if they if he catches a touchdown, he's going to be the RB one. If he if he if he has a touchdown, he'll be the RB one every week, yeah. right? I mean, in PPR leagues, he was RB two and RB three without a touchdown these past two weeks. He's basically this year's version of Christian McCaffrey. So, yeah, fire up and, Alvin Kamara, obviously. And the Buccaneers have been good, but at the same time, yeah, the Buccaneers on the other side. Ooh, baby! It Don't double time. charge me for that. 
<laughs> Chris Godwin is back, and so is the man, the myth, the legend, Antonio Brown. Is but Chris Godwin have... back? Chris Godwin looks like he's going to be back. That's the he he practiced today. I thought Arian said like a another cryptic message about Godwin. Um, oh, he was a full participant. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but yeah, that's what Arian said. He said we likely won't know until Friday. So I don't know. We'll figure it out. But Okay, so looking yeah. like he might be back. Let's assume that he does come back since if someone practices on Wednesday, it's a pretty good chance that they play. Um, you got three wide receivers now in Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Antonio Brown who are going to all need the ball. I worry that they're not going to get the ball enough, particularly Mike Evans, to make themselves fantasy viable. But... If I roster Tom Brady, I am very, very happy because he's going to be throwing to three guys who are constantly open. And if there's anyone who could throw to three guys that are open, it's Tom Brady. And on the top of that, he's throwing a touchdown to Gronk the last three weeks. Yeah. It's a it's a plethora of weapons with the Buccaneers, and I think they're going to show them off because Bruce Arians likes to show them off. Certainly not short on talent <clears throat> out there in Tampa Bay land. And the Saints' pass defense has been atrocious. Yeah, um, it is one to target. Marcus Lattimore is not. Excuse me, Marshawn Lattimore is not anything to shy away from at this point. I want to talk about Antonio Brown though, because again, another situation here where if you're listening to someone talk about fantasy and they start telling you what to expect from Antonio Brown, just stop listening to him, because nobody knows. Like, let's be real, no one knows what's going to happen from Antonio Brown, even. Bruce Arian said maybe he'll play 10 plays. Maybe he could play 35 plays. Like, you you kidding me? Honestly, we have no idea what it's going to be like for Antonio Brown. He's clearly a boomer bust play. Like, he, we saw last year um, in his one game with Tom Brady, he caught a touchdown on limited snaps. Like, there's a chance that happens. He He's a very good player overall. There's also a chance he plays 10 to 15 snaps, catches one pass, and that's it. I think he's a boom-bust wide receiver three flex option this week, but boy, would I be very, very nervous about starting Antonio Brown in my lineup in like a a must-win game or something. Like maybe if you're two and six and like you're really just trying to claw back, you take the upside shot, or maybe you're seven and one and you're like, let's have some fun or something. But I don't know, man. If it's like a must-win game, it's really hard for me to trust Antonio Brown with, like you said, Chris Godwin looking like he's returning. If he does return, he should be a top 15 option or so. Um, and then Mike Evans, who him and Lattimore fight each other every time they play against each other. But, yeah, it's it's going to be tough to trust, um, to trust all three of these guys week in and week out. I feel like one of them is going to have to be outside looking in, and this – week here will be the first time we see all three of them together because like you said Gronk is also a big part of that passing game now too and uh Gronk has been balling yo like he's caught a touchdown in three straight games he's looking like uh he's looking like Gronk like he's not prime Gronk but he's uh he's solid Gronk top six tight end each of the last three weeks and has really blossomed again ever since OJ Howard went down you got to start him against New Orleans as well which obviously means like you're starting Tom Brady. There's a big, big upside here for Tom Brady this week to have one of those four touchdown games that he's had so many times this year. If you can go out and get Tom Brady before this week starts for someone who might not be in the know, I think Tom Brady's a good target to, to pick up. Um, what about this running game? Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette. Since Leonard Fournette has gotten back, it's just been such a messy, messy backfield. But Fournette played 73% of snaps last week to 24 for Rojo. Rojo Rojo fumbled fumbled. the ball, and there you have it. The rest is history. I don't expect it to be that big of a split each week, but I do think Fournette is the guy now over Rojo. Um, So I do think Fournette is a solid wide receiver too. Excuse me, running back two option. And uh, Rojo is more of a TD-dependent flex play. His value just has been such a roller coaster this season like from up to all the way down when Fournette had the big game against Carolina Fournette goes down goes all the way up again Fournette returns Rojo can't hold on to a ball now it's just it's, it's really going down quick again I don't see how you could trust Ronald Jones this week 
Agreed. I don't think they, I don't think you can start a back a guy in the backfield for the Buccaneers until one of them makes a move. Um, or well, no, I like Leonard Fournette this week, so suck it. Uh, for me, uh, you like him. I don't think you can start him. Well, we can't have differing opinions. No, suck it. <laughs> uh, and let's get to our uh, last quote-unquote game. The Patriots. Wow, I forgot to sing. Where's Jason at, yo? Sunday night football on MSG. No one knows what you're talking about. Brady and the Bucks are the best on TV. All right, now let's get the Monday night football. You know that you <laughs> on you MSG. Just, you just replace N- NBC with MSG. Obviously, I know that. Why? Why are you telling me that? Like I don't know then, how it works. Then why? 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 Not Tim. <laughs> uh, the Patriots at the Jets. Um, I like Cam Newton in this game. Call me crazy, but the Jets have been horrible, and they just they just traded away Avery Williamson. So uh, their one good player on defense that they have uh, besides Marcus May is now gone again. Um, I think there's a good chance Cam Newton runs this one in. I think the Patriots. The Patriots are looking for like a, a breath of fresh air, and the Jets are probably going to provide that for them. So I do like the Patriots here. I like, I like uh, what's his name in in the backfield, Davis. I'm not Davis. Uh, Harris. Um, he was good last week. I think that he. It, it's hard to predict how the running backs are going to do in, in with the Pats, but I like Davis. I like White. Um, to not Davis. I'm sorry, Harris and White to both be uh, kind of flex appeal type situations. Um, I, I, I don't know, unless, unless, I don't know, Demir Bird, I, 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 there's no wide receiver that I want uh, for the Patriots. So it's basically Cam and the backfield, and I expect there to be a lot of running in this game and ball control. Yeah, I like Cam as well this week. I have him as my QB 10, so I'm pretty uh... – Pretty uh, strong here in on the Cam Newton against the Jets train. Let's see how that goes because he could easily let me down. But against the Jets, I think there's a lot of potential here for Cam Newton to really run all over the place. And the thing with Damian Harris, man, last week he played very well. He had a very strong game, but he played 31% of snaps. Like Burkhead played 49%. James White played 48%. Like, when Damian Harris was on the field, he was getting the ball. But that's the problem. He needs to be on the field, and this is a great game for that. But I do think he is touchdown dependent, so you have to bank on a touchdown. He should be a RB2 flex option. A game like this is one of the games where you do trust a Patriot running back, um, even though you really never want to. I disagree. I'm not in on white this week. Um, I think the Patriots are just going to be running the ball and they're not going to need to pass the white too often. And then Burkhead's just kind of that Swiss army knife who does it all, who when he's not alone in that backfield, you can't really ever play. Jacoby Myers is the interesting one though. With Julian Edelman out, Jacoby Myers played 99% of snaps, saw 10 targets. He's basically been a de facto number one. The Jets pass defense is atrocious. Like they just let Patrick Mahomes throw five touchdowns against them. Jacoby Myers, I think, has sneaky wide receiver three flex value here. Jacoby Myers has sneakily been one of the players who's literally on the field every play for the Patriots that no one even notices because he gets no because he gets no targets. Yeah, him and Demir Bird. Myers missed one snap. Bird played 100 percent of the snaps. Yeah, so those guys are on the field all the time. So um, if they're if everyone's going to catch passes, it's the guys who are on the field, right? Uh, let's go over to the Jets side. Um, I'm not playing anyone in this game. I don't care what you have to say, Michael. You're the one that convinced me that LaMichael Pirine might be something. And then Adam Gates down. because, because I mean, what what more? I mean, it just makes too much sense to on a no-win team that's looking to maybe be uh, the third no-win team in NFL history um, to not play your high draft capital running back and instead play your four, 40, almost 40-year-old 40 running back. I mean, who wouldn't do that, really? It's just, it's crazy how just can never be surprised anymore. Never. Like, I just, I wasn't surprised by it as much as I wanted it to be wrong. I don't understand how you give Frank Gore more carries and almost split snaps, but... 
So be it. Don't start P. Ryan. Don't start Gore. If Jamison Crowder returns, he obviously has some appeal because he's been great, one healthy. Denzel Mims, he was at two for 42 last week, and then Darnold never looked his way again. Yeah. Don't start any Jets. Uh, I think it's as simple as that. Unless right. Jamison Crowder we returns. Managed- you mentioned on the uh, the Monday pod that we're masochists and we like to start we like to end the show on a down note. Um, and uh, the NFL did that for us. We're ending the week on a down note, talking about the Jets. Mike, where can they find you? At Broto FF Mike. You can find me at Broto FF Tim. You can find Jason at Broto FF Jason. See what we did there. Um, then go to BrotoFantasy.com. You could find us all there, including true throw values, true target values, uh, articles, rankings waiver rankings, uh, sleepers and busts, sell high, buy low, uh, buy low, sell high, not sell high, buy low. I messed that up. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, and, and tons, tons more, uh, patreon.com slash Broto fantasy. If you want to support us on Patreon and brotofantasy.com for everything and all on Twitter at Broto fantasy on Instagram at Broto fantasy. So please support us. And if you have time, please leave a comment. And leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I don't know how you would leave a rating on on Spotify. Maybe it's just Apple Podcasts. But on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating. And uh, just say, hey, I, I fuck with these guys. And give us five stars because it goes a long way. Um, we appreciate all the support. Wishing everyone a very safe and healthy weekend. Uh, stay safe. Stay not sick. And stay safe and stay away from uh, areas that might be... Uh, out having their voices heard and getting a little bit too overzealous um, and maybe a little dangerous. So, um, yeah, if you're if you're part of that group, maybe you know express your express yourself, kid. But uh, don't destroy things or hurt people. Um, with that being said, <laughs> uh, that is all from us. All right, later. Are you laughing at me, Michael? I am laughing at you. Why? I don't know. I th- the teacher came out in you there. Yeah, I've been, hey I've, kids, I've been, be safe. <laughs> I've, been, uh, I've been preaching. I've been preaching. I've been preaching the last two games. It's because I'm, a, I'm so I, I love democracy, man. I'm, a, I'm a Greek. I don't know what to say. Anyway, later. Later.